from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. BGL RegTech is on over the next few weeks in all major capital cities. If you haven't registered for your free ticket, head to the BGL website and get involved with the RegTech website. This episode, our in-depth episodes, are now brought to you by the brilliant team led by Nick Sinclair at The Outsourced Accountant. Of course, Ivan is our new virtual assistant, Paul. And Ivan's put together show notes and social... If you're following us on social media, Ivan's doing all of this brilliant work for us and he's an employee of The Outsourced Accountant, Paul. Uh, hello, listeners. Hello, all. Yes, getting serious, David. We're trying to trying to get more content out there. The Gary V approach. The, we, we, been... we, if anyone wants to know how we do this, we downloaded a, a PowerPoint from Gary V, which was sixty four. It was a sixty four page PowerPoint on how to reuse your content. We didn't yep. come up with this strategy. We're just trying to execute it with the help of the outsourced accountant. Nothing new in our book, David, except for the content, which coming to you new every week. This is, of course, the second episode. This is the in-depth episode this week. It's your in-depth this week. You, it, uh... it is my in-depth. Look, this is uh, it comes off the back of a tweet from a self-confessed thought leader uh, in the accounting industry in the USA, for those playing at home and trying to guess it, name? Uh, no, I don't know. Not going to run. Not going to run with a name. So, but basically, just generally, uh, heavily in the software game uh, from the US. Anyway, their tweet suggested that this was particularly for small firms that small firms should regularly look at the software. Uh, options out there and talk to their friends and find out what everyone's using and basically just should always be starting to use new tech. So what what this led me to uh, to think about and kind of where I went with this, David, and what, and what I want to discuss. So we've in, in true trencher style, we've got our three points each on this topic. But I wanted to talk about with small firms and small business, especially at the micro end, should we be looking at uh, fixing the process? Or, or should the process dictate the software you use or should you just get something shiny new out of the box and let the software dictate your process? Discuss. So I think there's two really interesting angles here. The first is that because you're small, you don't have resources to research everything that's out there and you just need to be building. The flip side is because you're small, you need to find every inch of benefit you can get because it's harder. You've got less levers to pull to make margin and everything that happens in the business is on you. So anything that reduces the time to do anything theoretically is better for you. So I think that's the that's where you get the public conversation of you have to look at everything. I think that's where it comes from. I, I think I think David micro businesses tend to have a far quicker. We're more nimble. Yep. Uh, in in terms of not only what what designing our process should be, what systems we use, turning on and on and off systems. We generally tend to have a little bit more simpler requirements. We can get by a little longer on Excel and Google Sheets and, and that kind of stuff. We can sort of generally get the most out of what we what we currently use. We also have less uh, less documented processes I would say they often come from from where we've been or, or, or those kind of things so but I've always been David on on and I know in my three points before we get to it you know I've firmly been on the you need to streamline the the process and then tech has to create an efficiency off the back of the most efficient 
process rather than, you know, seeing how many stickers we can get on the back of our laptop in a cafe and just sell what everyone's using, insert name of new software. David, you're about to have a demo of a piece of software, which we, we might talk about in future episodes. I had a demo recently. It, it was a little bit, it was quite underwhelmed. It's, it's well hyped. Oh, the hype, the hype game is strong. Not, not available in Australia yet. Uh, but we're getting these demos independently. Just oh, Paul said, I just had it. You said, I just had a demo of this. I said, Oh, I've got mine on Thursday. So it, this isn't like a double pronged attack and a demo from different people, which would be very interesting anyway. But that, so, so look, it's a good segue what you say this idea of do you need to make your processes fit a piece of shiny new software or do you need to map your processes, solve a problem, and then find software that fits it? And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start if that's okay with actually my third point, Go which is it. that I think it's a balance because what technology is letting you doing is things that you could never ever do before without it. So you can write a process and then go solve it for tech, but and then go find technology that maps to your process. But if there's technology that does it infinitely better than what you could come up with by yourself, then maybe you should start working that way. And I'll give a specific example. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Asana. I don't use carbon anymore. I started with Asana. I went to carbon for years and now I'm back on the Asana, uh, the, the Asana train. And, and I'll give you an example of a way Asana's let me do something that I never used to do. Now, I, I don't like emails, but I used to use check groups. And I used to, you know, I've got, you and I are in Twitter groups where business gets done. Uh, I'm on Microsoft Teams we use in the business. I've got clients who message me on WhatsApp and that's their preferred, they're respectful. It doesn't go outside business hours because that's my private life usually. But what Asana lets me do is have work conversations around tasks inside Asana. Now you can probably do this in Carbon, but Asana is just so easy. And I just find I'm having almost conversations about tasks inside my workflow app. Did I think that I needed that? Absolutely not. Would I have known that it adds value and process efficiency before I started using the piece of technology? No. So I think that you have to have a bit of an open... I don't think you can be a definitely not adopting any of your features. You have to fit my process mind. But at the same time, I don't think you should just pick up a piece of software and automatically do what it requires you to do because you could miss out on things that you need. And you're 100% right, David. Look, I think there are certainly ways where you can you can combine or make um, inroads in both the way you use the tech and the way you apply your process. You know, so I guess that's not what I was saying. What I was saying was you just go, well, oh, let's not worry about it. Let's just everyone says we should use this. And let's just try it and however we however other people use it or however the salesperson says do. we should you can, use you it. Certain brands get a lot of momentum. Oh, I've heard of this, should I I should just use it. Like that's what great marketing does. That's a sign that the marketing's worked. And I think there's a lot of that. It's just just use our product and you'll get all these fabulous benefits that that one person's got. You know, I I, I rarely hear about the issues around setting it up. I rarely hear about the issues on on um, the data not connecting or needing to be interpreted or all the calculations, as we've said in the past, just being sort of plain wrong. Mm. Um, yeah. So so what are you you've you've given well, my first. Point. What's your let me, let me start with with one of my points, and, and this is for me is, um, and, and certainly tech can work together. I'm not anti-tech. I am. I just think the market is so. I'll just turn this on, and your life will all of a sudden you know, that the your food will taste better, and the roses will be sweeter, and your bank balance will be bigger. So 
I think technology, absolutely, my first point is that technology must start with a streamlined process. This is, um, now, now, David, you and I have both uh, used, enjoyed outsourcing. I also, uh, Rod Drew sits on, on one end, which says outsourcing is a problem that automation hasn't solved yet. Um, and, and certainly, but we've, we've certainly seen it seen it work as well. In terms of a process, I think that there is no amount of efficient system that can get more results than streamlining a process. You know, I think you've got to start with the leanest, uh, understanding what your process is, understanding the, the outcome you're trying to achieve, and you've got to really start with the best process before you then consider what tech can help with you. Because I otherwise, I think you're just going, well, our process is X. You know, for me, my process was never to take a photo of, to scan every single receipt ever. Um, you know, for some people, some people do. You know, I don't in my business. So it's sort of like it's, you've got to be aware of what your process is, create the best process for you, and then find solutions that work with your already streamlined process. I don't disagree. The, the outsourcing is a um, is a temporary solution for, for technology to ultimately solve anything. I think paints the picture of a very um, 100% tech utopian world. That, that I, I don't think we're going to get there. In my working career, I don't know. I, I doubt it because you just keep putting, as technology does more and more heavy lifting, you just put, put more and more of the thinking work into the, into the global team. Like the, the Philippines doesn't have idiots. They're very, very smart, experienced people that are just cheaper. And, and we're at, I mean, we're at almost nil unemployment. Once you look for, you know, at, at, at yeah, the ones well, who, the, who honestly just don't want, the sort of what they call the oh, hidden, un, the for, hidden for, unemployment. Forever, it counts as still saying good people still the number one. Exactly. It's impossible yeah. to find. So, but, so but outsourcing can, will always be that option. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be at... Uh, you, with anything, be it systems or other people, streamline the process. I can see that the few, uh, I can see a type of accounting firm where the only people onshore in Australia are accountants with personality who, can, who do the customer servicing, and much of the the work work is done overseas. For example, what Nick does in your business with the right training and a huge amount of practice, like this isn't a click of the finger thing. You could get a Nick overseas. Why not? But Nick's very client-facing. Nick is Nick's almost entirely client-facing. Yeah, but we've spoken this before. But he also does a lot of your work work, and he does of correspondence with clients. But I can see that happening in the future. But anyway, let's go on to the so next is point. That the, is that the right way model? Is that just have sales in Australia and sales in Australia and the grub work overseas? That didn't did that work so. well no, in Australia? No, because they, they did, they go, did no, that ultimately go well? They had the grunt work in Australia with Australian wages. No, they, well, no, they didn't. They had the grunt work in New Zealand no, with New Zealand wages. They one hundred percent built a team in Sydney. Of workers, mm. some That's of a big was... cost. That's a heavy cost. Oh, right. of oh okay. Oh, there you go. I'd miss that. I'd miss that uh, part. Or what's my second or... one? Uh, swim lanes. No, I want to talk about swim lanes. So mapping processes. So I can go into Asana and I can create a team which is based on people, and I create a project. So a project that I might have is month end. But how I do that month end, the way I I visualize it is not by writing it down. In Asana, I like to use a tool called swim lanes. So what a swim lane is, is on the left-hand column, think about a swimming pool and the starting blocks. So starting block for the production of a podcast would have David, Paul, uh, and Ivan over in the Philippines, and Lexi, my wife, who still does a lot of the work and, and oversees Ivan's work most days. It would then be who does what when in order and flow, and then I map it out, and then I can visualise the whole thing. Based on that, I can then go in and 
develop processes. Now, I learned swim lanes from Mindshop, which is a tool, a service that a lot of consulting accountants sign up to to learn consulting skills, and it's really, really good. And this is how I can map out and visually see what is the idea of what's supposed to be happening in a process, an end-to-end process, and then I can use Asana to manage that process. But the technology itself, Paul, does not create the process in any of my instances. Features in technology will then make me say, oh, okay, we can solve that a different way. But it starts with this. I like it. I was busily Googling. I can see you Googling, yeah. it's sort of a, So it's a mind map, but with lanes. Yeah, it's a, a structured mind map for a process. Really liked it, David. Really liked it. And, and I'm, I'm not a process person, Paul, so this was critical <laughs> for me. Yeah, this is, this is critical for me because you still need processes. That was critical for me to work out how to get things done. I think for me, and I had process uh, mapping as well as one of my points, and I think I uh, learnt this from the the great Steph Hines, growth-wise, big shout-out, because Steph always um, made a lot of sense on this. You know, my points around process mapping, one is, you know, simplify every process, whether it's a swim lane, whether it's a whiteboard, whether it's, you know, just a piece of paper. Involve everyone because often – you, you you want to understand just because someone does something, it's the way they've always done. It, it's worth critically having a look and saying how do they do it. So you need those people. Um, and also it's about where, how people um, understand and rely on certain steps. Like, oh, no, I really like that. Or, you know, that's how I do it. Um, I always say that the person that has the greatest involvement in the process has the greatest say. You know, I think you need a sort of an overall leader, um, you know, it, it's but it's not top down a top down uh, dictation of, of what we use, which I think sometimes the marketing sells the partner and the partner sells everyone else in the firm, and then it's like, well, that's not how we actually work. Well, I can tell you, a lot of the swim lanes that we have for our clients are done by my team in the Philippines. I got, tell me what you do, and then yeah. I'll, and then I'll help you solve it, and then yep. I'll find the technology that helps us and the features that help us do it. But you're the one doing it, yeah. And two big things for me in my, uh, my in my process mapping is the removing steps. You know, is being mm. critical of saying, you know, why do we do this? You, you can't, you know, you're not allowed to say because we've always done it. You're not allowed to say in case we get a professional review. You know, I am I'm exceptionally. Um, strong on outcomes. What are, what are we trying to achieve and let's find the quickest way there? And, and to me, these steps in any process map need to be an opt in, not an opt out. And I mean by that is you should, in a process, you should have to argue that that step stays in <laughs> rather than you have to convince me think, to take that step of the process out. I think that's just very modern uh, modern business idea. This is customer-centric design. This is UX design. Well, I think it's for me. It's Service just, design. But give something to a lazy really person, and I'll find the quickest way to profession. the quickest way to do it, David. Mm. I, I I kind of. I always ask when whenever I'm process mapping, and I've done this with myself, but also Nick and and, and clients, you know, occasionally from time to time. I suppose that's advisory. Just don't tell anyone. Um, is this uh, you know concept where you say, well, what are we trying to achieve? Like, how is that get? How is that an important part of the result of the process? Are we getting that anywhere else? It's the same thing in, in, and this is this tech versus, this systems versus process argument, which I'm often big on. A lot of this content is in Freedom Mentoring, uh, www.freedommentoring.com. Plug. Well done. Um, uh, 
And, you know, we often talk about just because a system does something doesn't mean you need to do. You know, I have this concept of single source of truth where I often go to the system where the document was created. It's, uh, what do you call it? It's a native. Yeah, it's, it's a native approach rather than some systems and some firms will say, oh, we'll collect every document that you've had. We'll set up an API or a Zap or whatever yeah. and we'll bring every document you've ever owned. If anyone who's tried, to t- who's tried to suck in documents between multiple systems, you end up getting duplicated and half the time spent, you know, for what outcome? If I want the final copy of a tax return, I go to the tax software. If I want a final copy of the the corporate compliance, I'll go to the corporate compliance solution. You know, I don't need it all to be in one place because I use so many different systems. So I have a native approach. That's why I, you know, really strongly focus on that process versus the systems as I'm trying to – oh, there you go. I was Googling in the background. That's why I can't find the the planner. You're Googling swim lanes. The other thing I had – well, you've you've spoken about Asana, which was also your – uh, second point. My second point was, and, and this is one I'm big on, is uh, – sorry, my third point now because I covered them. The solve a problem, don't just use a new solution. You know, it it, it has to – by the time you – by the time you go through the hassle process of turning the system on, training everyone, the benefit in actual output, not what – happened in a case study or somebody who's not telling you the honest truth, you know, that the glowing the glowing person who says, oh, this software revolutionised my world without actually finding out whether it did, um, are you better off and did it cover the cost and hassle of setting the system up? Uh, makes a lot of sense. But I, but I also think it's interesting. I think as we, we're moving forward, I think increasingly staff and talent want to see these systems and processes and this technology in firms because they don't want to be doing this grunt work themselves. The final point. It's funny. I think I think the clients want a better experience. Yes, agreed. So, they don't care how we do it. They do. They do, no, no, they do and oh, this is the thing, because I've come up against no, chatbots, I, like, chatbots lately. I don't like them. But I'm talking about from start the start. I think this helps your work environment. I don't think the clients necessarily care that much. Yeah, I think I think it could be both. You know, I think certainly it could my, help it if that's a better experience. My final point was um, about understanding what the, the, I guess there's a bit of the why of the technology. Asana for me helps me control my workflow. It doesn't define. It doesn't. It doesn't define me. It does. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't tell me what. Like I came up with a workflow by talking to people, running it, workshopping it amending it and then Asana else you can try okay so here's theoretically on my swim lane I know who should do what when on Asana I can tell did they do it what was their problems and how much time did it take them because I've got a harvest integration with it so I, can, I'm, I still measure time, time. I do I love time sheets uh, I don't charge clients off them but I need my like, head like, how, if, if you know what doesn't make sense with this whole anti-time Zzz, sheet thing plop if <laughs> If, I've gone fishing, if, ladies and gentlemen. The same people who say time is your most valuable resource are the same people who say don't measure, don't use timesheets. It doesn't make any sense. I've got a video on Freedom Mentor mentoring on the Enough Agile. plugs. I'm not letting the, you. This isn't the, the Freedom Mentoring Hour. On the Agile Manager. Uh, anyway, people, That's it. what do you think? Do you do, do, do the listeners out there think we need to just turn on every new system? Is it, are we. A solution's going to solve our problem or is an honest look at improving our Did process? Did our discussion even actually cover what we intended it to when we came up with the show? I'm sure it did. Have a, enjoy, everyone. Have a great week.
again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback, story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at PaulMeissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar.